This episode is brought to you by the sneaky treat company Melbourne, decadent sweet treats delivered to your door. Let your friends, family or clients know that you're thinking of them with a box of goodies and a personalised note to send along with your gift. TheSneakyTreatCo.com, you know you want to. Hello there, Julie Reynolds here. Thanks for joining us on the Move Me podcast. This week, episode five is Aussie legend Dave Faulkner from the Hoodoo Gurus. I have been a fan of that band since Day Dot. So very excited to have a chat with Dave. Find out about the history of the band and also a little bit about him and his very humble beginnings. He did not start out as a rock star. (laughs) Also, I asked him, did he know that he was instrumental in another Aussie band's worldwide domination? Find out whether he did and who they were when we say hello to Dave Faulkner. Just a few seconds away on the Move Me podcast. Hello, Dave Faulkner. Welcome to the show. Now, before we start, I need to ask you, did you know that you are instrumental in the worldwide success of Shepherd? Shepherd? Shepherd. Shepherd. Geronimo. Hey, Geronimo. Did you... Oh, the group. No, I had no idea. We have a guy in our group called Brad Shepherd. I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? I will take you back to Hard Rock Rising at the Hard Rock Cafe in Sydney, and you were one of the judges. And they were on there? The yeah. band that came second, their dad was doing a little bit of negotiating with some of the other judges that were on the same panel with you, and then they became Shepherd. Are you kidding? No idea. So, yes, yeah, Shepherd were the band that came second, and they're the ones that went on to uh, the worldwide success, and you were well, there. that's true of so many areas in life, isn't it? You know, where sometimes the early favourites sort of fade away, and then the, the ones with a bit of staying power kind of, you know, leave them in the dust. It's like that in movies. Have you ever done, and I don't know what sort of movies you like, but I love a bit of spaghetti western or an early 60s classic movie. And, oh, I like all of those things. And you see some guy or some girl in the movie and you go, hang on a minute, that's so-and-so. And then, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, you see these, these actors that came went on to fame and fortune, like, well, people like Carl Malden and well, whoever, Charles Bronson, you know, some of those early roles he was in. Anyway, let's talk more about the Hoodoo <laughs> Gurus. Other exactly, than, uh, speaking of old... Old stages that are still on the scene. No, you know what? (laughs) I have to tell you this, Dave Faulkner. You saved me when I first moved out of home. The first album that I bought when I moved out of home because you're 21 and you're out there and you're investigating the world, I got myself a record player and I had to have some new albums to go along with it. And I bought Mars Needs Guitars and it was on repeat, play, repeat, play, repeat, play. And I've still got it and it's still in pristine condition in its little plastic folder. And my favourite thing to do on a Saturday morning was to watch video hits and watch you in in a boat or a canoe singing <laughs> ooh yeah, on a river. Filmed, I know what you're talking about. It's deathifying. And we filmed it up actually up at Kakadu. It was a great clip and it was a fantastic experience, of course. It's our only time I've been to Kakadu and um, yeah, I loved it. Magical place. That's sort of like the first chapter and, and I believe that you started out like me, funnily enough, in a bank. In- ah, you have done your homework. I have. Yes. Well, it was a, it was, what happened was I, I actually tried to study something legitimately at university. I was I was pretty good at painting and drawing as a kid. So my parents, you know, didn't want me to become an artist because it's a terribly disgraceful thing to do. It's not a reliable job. So they decided that, you know, I should be an architect. So I started thinking like, that's what I want to do. And then when I got to, I actually went to university and studied architecture for about six months and dropped out. But um, the reason I had to drop out was because I just wasn't going to lectures. I was just playing in bands and doing music all the time. So 
I had to kind of take a good look at myself. And then I got a job in a bank, and that was to buy some equipment and get myself started with music, and that's what happened for a little while. It didn't really work out that well because uh, I spent all the money I made in the bank and had to borrow money from my brother to buy gear. You know, it took me a while to get going. I was 18 years old, and I, I joined a blues sort of group that were kind of cool, and then I was in a punk rock group a year later, and that was kind of, you know, on the outs for most people. They didn't like that music at all, and we didn't care either. <laughs> we loved it. I've got to tell you a funny story about me in the bank. I, it didn't work very well. I, I, was a, I became a teller quite quickly, and then I lost $200. Uh, for no, I couldn't figure it out. I was just down $200, and uh, they went through all my workings and they couldn't see what I'd done wrong. I, I guess I just paid too many 50s out to someone one day. And then a few weeks later, I was going for an audition for this band, this blues group I joined, and the same thing happened the day before the audition. And I actually lost $250, and they were going, hmm, this is a bit sus. And I, I couldn't take, I couldn't take the day off. I was going to take a sickie and go to the audition, but they're sending someone out from the head office to investigate me to check behind my work and just watch me work and see what was going on. And so I just didn't take a sickie that day, but I, I delayed it by a few weeks, and then uh, I got that audition and got in the band, and it was like goodbye to the bank. But if I'd stayed there, they would have sent me up to somewhere in the far north of WA to to, uh, to serve some penance and kind of figure out become a better teller. I can tell you now, quite honestly, I didn't steal the money. I just lost it somehow and someone probably ended up with quite a few extra 50s a couple of days. And if you are that person, can you please return it to the bank and exactly. <laughs> restore credibility to Dave Faulkner because he didn't do it. It was you. I don't mind not having credibility as a bank teller. <laughs> I wasn't very good at it. I can get, I admit that. So obviously, and Perth is very vibrant music scene, but obviously you thought to yourself, well, I, I need to dominate Australia. First, I, I um, after the punk band broke up, I was very determined to get uh, look at the overseas world. You know, a lot of the bands that I loved, like, you know, the Ramones and things like that, they all came from other countries. And, and you know, they didn't tour very often, if, if at all, because they were too underground. So I, I wanted to go on the trip. And I was 21 years old, and I spent most of uh, that, the next year traveling. I, I, I managed to join a, a little cover band that was just a bit of fun. We just did it for a lark, really, and just do something, and, and had no overheads. And I ended up making a lot of money quite quickly. So I was able to buy an air ticket to the UK and um, and then and you know spending money and I and I travelled for most of that next year and that's when I came back it was like well I can't live in Perth anymore I've got to really look seriously about moving to either Melbourne or Sydney to um, get my career going and and just also you know I I'd been to New York and I spent a lot of time there and it was a bit hard for me to imagine being in Perth much longer I really wanted to see a bit a bigger city and and kind of plug into that network of, of music and everything else that was happening. At these days, you don't need to do that, but back then, it was really a choice of either Sydney or Melbourne as far as music goes. You, that was where the industry was based, and you had, didn't have a prayer if you didn't live in one of those two cities, or at least, you know, pop up there all the time, and very difficult from Perth at that time. How did you end up where you ended up? I moved to Sydney at the end of uh, 1980. I, I did another, I was in a band for a couple, another, like, nine months in Perth when I got back, but then um, after um, I, I returned, you know, that band, it was they were going to tour to the East Coast, and that was kind of you know enough to satisfy me. But as it happened, they kept cancelling the tours, and eventually I just said, "Look, I've got to go. I can't stay here." It's going to. I just, I just felt like I was uh, wasting my time, really. And um, I moved to Sydney, and then a few months later, the Gurus formed. Am I right in thinking that you met Brad on a balcony having a ciggy at a party? <laughs> uh, no, not Brad, but it was uh, Kimball, um, who was oh. one of the first guitarists, and. Rod, I already knew from, from the punk scene, and he was independently moved to Sydney with his girlfriend. So the three of us were at a party on New Year's Eve in, in 1980, you know, 
discussed with 81. And um, we're just having a breath of fresh air, drinking a beer and just talking about music and spontaneously decided, let's form a group, you know, classic sort of stupid fashion. And um, James joined a few months later when his other group, he was in, in Perth with the scientists broke up. And that was the first lineup of Little Hoodoo Gurus. And uh, Brad joined about 18 months later when we started playing around and Kimball had to leave because he had another career to follow, which was filmmaking and all these different things happened. But Brad was uh, in other bands and he was just a great guitarist and a natural for the band. And that's the lineup that recorded Stone Age Romeo's. You know, Kimball and Rod left and James and myself joined with Rod and uh, with, uh, Brad and uh, Clyde and made Stone Age Romeo's and that, so on. I bought all the Hootie Gurus albums. Uh, I'm very excited to say that I've still got them, but I could never find it on streaming services. But oh, maybe a couple of months ago, I was sort of having a look around, and uh, and there you were. Hootie Gurus are available yeah, about, on streaming. Yeah, um, finally, you know, signed a deal to allow that to happen. We'd been resisting for a long, long time, as you can tell. Um, and, you know, there wasn't much money in it for a long time anyway. And we just thought, you know, um, but now there's, there's starting to be more money flowing to artists as well as the fact that you really have no choice. That's the way most people listen to music now. They don't, they've even thrown away their CD collections and their players. And so it's really stream or don't be heard anymore. Um, and, you know, it wasn't fair on, our, on people that loved us not to be able to hear our music at all. So... We just decided to um, let that happen and and uh, get with the program. And if you are going to be streaming music, make sure that you pay the premium price so that the artists do get paid. Uh, but also, I think you chart, like if you get enough plays on the streaming services, you also start to chart again. So if everyone starts to listen to you on Spotify... <laughs> that won't happen. Kamikaze Pilot could suddenly be number one again. I'm in for well, that. That would be nice. That would be nice. But, I, you know, it's more just the fact that, you know, just to be in there and, and that so people, you know, younger people, whoever, you can discover us and listen to us. That's the great thing about the internet generally is that, you know, in a way you're bypassing the record companies, radio stations, you know, anyone really. It's just people can do their own exploring and one music, bit of music can lead to another and you find out who it was to and away you go, you end up discovering all this stuff, which in the old days you couldn't do unless you had, a, you know, went to a very cool record shop and they could clue you in. But now you can find out for yourself and, and just, you know, explore to your heart's content. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. Thank you. And love the Hoodoo Gurus. And make sure that you check out net, and you can find out all sorts of things. I bet there's merch there. You can find out when you're touring. Oh, we have, yeah, all our vinyls coming out. You can join the Hoodoo Gurus Record Club and get an album a year for the next 12 months. Uh, album a month for the next 12 months. Well, I might do that. Things like that. It's pretty worth a look. Yeah. You've always been front runners for whatever it is that you've been doing. So good on you, Hoodoo Gurus. And thanks for spending some time with us, Dave Faulkner. See ya. Thank you. See ya. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know when the next episodes are available, just subscribe no matter where it is that you're listening to us from. And check out our socials at The Move Me Podcast. There you'll find a whole heap of extra information, like when some new music is coming out and, of course, when we're allowed to have concerts when they're going to be. Big thank you to Dave Faulkner again for his time today and our show producers at Audio Lemonade. Take it easy and we'll see you next week.